Hello and welcome to the Raising Men Show and I'm your host Craig Carlisle. Shout out to WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. And if you happen to miss an episode, you can catch us on TheRaisingMenShow.com. That's T-H-E-R-Z-N-G-M-E-N-S-H-O-W.com. Today's episode is actually a message that I was able to bring at Centerpoint Church a couple of Saturdays ago. Thank you to the men's ministry out of that great church in Marietta, California for allowing me and inviting me to come and speak and share a message on the topic of dreaming big. I was just very excited about that time and I hope you enjoy that message. I wasn't able to catch the whole thing in its entirety. Something happened where the end of it was cut off, but I'll be able to, at the end of this broadcast, end of that message, I'll be able to summarize the notes and go from there. We're allowing the Lord to just use us and do what he's going to do. And I know I'm excited. So here's the message. I hope it blesses you. Very uh, loves Jesus. He, he has a creative mind. Uh, he, he used to be here every week doing all the sound. Um, dude's just amazing. He's a he's someone that I look up to a lot, and it's not because I'm short. Um, it's just because he's just a, he's that kind of guy. Um, but uh, I just want to introduce you to my friend and uh, just an amazing, amazing human human being. Sometimes I look up to him too because I am short. Uh, and you're just like the Hulk, uh, Gigantor. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, yeah, great. Come up. Let's do this. I have to make sure I ask, too, because you want to be able to come back from time to time. Well, thank you guys for having me. I'm supposed to do all the, the thank yous and all that stuff up front, so I think, definitely thank Chris and the men's group, Centerpoint Church, Pastor John, Bob and Dan. Well, so I think on the way through. Okay, those who came out from a distance to see, those who came out today, those who just are here, thank you. So let's pray. God, we're so thankful to you for what you're doing in our lives, God. Your word says we can cast that we should cast our cares on you because you care for us, God. So we cast our cares right now, God. Any anxiety? I know I may feel being nervous for doing this and standing in front of all these great men, God, in this in this space, God. I just give that to you. Hide your word in my heart, God. Let it speak before you. Let everyone see and hear you and not me. That's something I say today in this moment, God. Bless them in a special way. Maybe something that they've prayed and said, God, I've always wanted to hear something just like that. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeah. When I was a kid, and I'm saying, I'm talking, I'm talking like middle school, infant, I can remember that far back, right? Year old, two year old, three year old, all the way till now, I'm 50, so let's set the, let's set the stage right now, I'm 50. I used to have the worst dreams. I'm talking like, like, like blood curdling kind of dreams where you wake up from them still seeing whatever it was in the dream. I remember a few that stand out. So again, this is, I'm 50. So when I was back living in those days where someone used to have bunk beds, right? So when I finally graduated from the, the up to top bunk, my brother had gone on and he got his own bed. So I was sleeping in the bottom bunk. And so we weren't as fortunate as some people were. So we had a Back in the day, the bunk beds used to have a foundation. We call them box spring back then, right? And the bottom of the box spring used to have a thin piece of fabric on the bottom of it to kind of cover that spring up on the top. And if you let it sit too long, it began to break and 
you know, you want a person sleeping above you, you used to bounce around, and it used to be like a snow full of lint coming down the person above. <laughs> so I used to have, my parents put a piece of cardboard underneath that to kind of keep the snow off me while I slept. So I used to draw on that from time to time, some images and things that I always wanted to do or places where I wanted to be. So when I woke up from my dream, from that nightmare, it wasn't so scary. I said, I remember nights I used to sit there, you'd be laying in the bed, and I would wake up. I would have dreams of like serpents and snakes and bugs and stuff crawling all over me, just from head to toe. It would be off on the edge of the bed on the floor, alligators and other things, they were just so frightening. And I remember in my dream, I would wake up, and I would sit up in the bed, I'd hit my head because I was trying to get out, and I would be able to still see all of that stuff still over me. And I remember jumping out of the bed one morning, and I ran past the edge of the bed. And in our house, we had a, a stairwell in the middle, so my bedroom led out right to the stairwell. Those who do construction, you understand that ADA requires you to have a three-foot passageway before you come out of the room, right into a hallway. I got to the stairwell. I don't know how I didn't go over and hit it. Managed to make that right turn to go to my sister's room. Then I made the next left down to my parents' house, to my parents' room, and I hit my father. Because his bedroom was where I was trying to get to. I'm not getting up off the floor. I think, how did my dad get there so fast? But he heard my cry. As I was driving here today, this because this part of the, of, the, of the speech or message today had nothing to do with what I've been working on the last three weeks. So the Lord has just taken me to someplace else. I needed to understand that no matter how you are and where you are in your life, the Lord hears you. So I'm not sure someone needed to hear that today, because I know I needed to hear that today. From out of our Christ, because our dreams are something that, okay, and we're going to deal with dreams today. I know Chris, you gave me the topic of dreaming big. So we're going to set the stage of how to dream big. So I don't have one of those big motivational speeches where I want everybody to get up and raw and be like Tony Robbins, like, I want you to dream big, and I want you to dream big, and I want you to, no, I don't have that. Well, I'm going to have some of those. You know, we just got out of Christmas. I got lots of coal left over in my stocking. But what I want you all to understand is that there's dreams come in two different categories. They're the dreams that we have at night, right? When we're laying in our bed. Or someone's a dozing off during my speech. I get it. Um, we're, we're dreaming and we're thinking, okay, what's a dream? Okay, it's just something we're having. I mean, I had some pizza last night. Well, that dream didn't make any sense. And that dream was just really weird. Or that dream just scared me to death. Christina Andrews, Pastor Christina from here, she's taught a class here, Prophetic Dream Version 2, where she reminds us all, she teaches us all, that dreams are always something, that's a communication from God. Whether it be something that our Lord God, Big G, is speaking to us, or the enemy, Little G, is trying to make us afraid. The enemy years ago wanted me to be so afraid in my dreams and so confused that I didn't want to dream. So when I started saying to myself, I don't want to dream, I don't want to dream because my dreams are too scary. I don't want to go to sleep. I'm afraid. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. So when I say those things out loud, it makes a contract. So let's make it real plain. In the spiritual realm, some of the enemy, you know, Jesus Christ, the enemy, God, heaven. It's a, it's a spiritual realm. We've heard people talk from time to time about the realm we can't see. 
or the devil being the prince of the air, the prince of this world. Yes, those kind of things. Yes, we're talking about that guy's crazy already. Talking about that God and devil and stuff. I didn't come up to this breakfast for that kind of stuff. I came to hear some, some, some talk and some food to get out of here. But we're going to make it real plain today that that stuff is for real. So in the spiritual realm, it's contractual. When the word speaks that, that life and death is in the power of the tongue, and if those who are going to reap a harvest for what there is there, that's, that's the fancy word of saying, whatever you say is going to come to pass. Right? So if you're going to speak those things out, and you give power, in the Jewish calendar right now, let's give some context, the Jewish calendar, which is right now, the 20, year 2020 is the year of the mouth. So when you're speaking out of the mouth, the power of where words are more prevalent right now in this particular age than at any other point in recorded history. So right now, if we as men especially don't speak those things that aren't as though they were, meaning you speak it out there into existence in the atmosphere, you use the word of God, the scripture, life and death is in the power of the tongue, you have to speak it out now more than ever. The Lord is allowing us to have that presence now more than ever. Why is that unlocking? As I was having these dreams, the enemy wants me to believe that I can't do anything more, that I'm afraid to dream. So when I speak that contract language, that I can't do something, and I don't want to do something, it allows him to sit there in the course before God and say, see, he just said that he doesn't want to dream anymore, that he can't dream anymore. He doesn't believe in his dreams. That means I've come into agreement with that fact that I can't dream anymore, that I don't dream. How many of us right now even remember dreaming at night? Okay. How many of you remember your dreams when you wake up in the morning? Wonderful thing. I encourage all of you to keep a notepad nearby. Write them down. Write down the details of what you have in there. In Christina's prophetic dream class, she tells us we need to understand the topic. What was the action in the dream? Who was the chief person doing the action? Were you in your in your body actually performing the action in the first person? Or were you back a ways in a distance watching the action take place? Was the dream in color? Was it in, was it not in color? Was the what was the light look like? How, what was the scenery around it? Because there are messages in everything the Lord's trying to tell you. And what you're gonna find is as your dreams come one after the other, night after night after night, it's a continual conversation that the Lord's trying to tell you. He's trying to get you to remember something. And some people may think, well, why don't the Lord just speak to me? Why don't you just talk to me? Lord, just, just say something to me that I understand. With, okay, let's put it this way. How many guys, if I were to walk up to you right now, say, you know what, dude? You need to get up right now. Go outside. Pick up that trash that you left laying next to the trash can at home. Put it away because you know you're not supposed to do it all the time. And everybody that sees that trash on the ground, really gets pissed off every time they see it, but you just don't seem to get it. Would you go eventually go back and pick the trash up but without being resentful about it? Well, that's the key. The Lord needs to make sure that we understand that we have an impression. He needs to understand that, you know, I, I need to connect that thought of what you want me to do to that feeling of what it means deep inside. So he, he helps you understand by bits, by bits, by pieces, by instances, by images, by a storyline, that the Lord wants you to do X, Y, or Z because he needs you to move us from 
way over there where we first started as a young child, all the way to where we're going down the path that he's taking. Does that make sense? So if we get to the point that's right about to where we are with dream, if I were to say that I don't want to dream, or if I get afraid of my dreams, if I don't want to dream, that puts it on the other side of what dreams are. How many people wanted to be something special when they got when they were young? Had something in their mind they always wanted to be. Oh, when I grew up, I always wanted to be a blonde. How many people are that person? What did you want to be when you were growing? You want to be a wildlife biologist, and you are a wildlife biologist right now. How long ago did you want to be? When was the first time you thought about being? What did you knew what a wildlife biologist is? About eight years old. The power of that is tremendous. Because not many people, at eight years old, I barely knew what wildlife was. I thought wildlife was me. Going around outside of my bike. But to be a wildlife biologist, to have that thought, and have the clarity as to what it is, that's nothing but a God moment. I'm going to come back to that but in one second. How many of you had a thought of who you wanted to be and chose not to get there? Were some of those choices that you thought, choices that you had to make that allowed you not to be there? Was there something in your life that transpired where you said, you know what? I give up. I can't. Because some of us have even come to the point where we've actually come into agreement with the enemy and said, I don't want to dream anymore. I don't want to think about that. Because it's too hard to try to be what I want to be. Who shared their dream with somebody? That looks at you like, man, you are crazy. Who in the world want to be a wildlife biologist? I can't be a wildlife biologist. That don't make no sense. What are you doing with the animals all day long? But when you find and allow yourselves, allow ourselves to be broken down and caught up by the people who don't support us, the enemy's going to have us right where he wants us. Okay? Today, here's the point. God is so excited about today. I've been wrestling and dreaming about this day for weeks. Even when we were here in December, when Chris was sharing his testimony in December, I was a facilitator. And I had dreams the night before of actually being on in this very spot, walking this back and forth, actually talking. But what was funny was, we sat up on the platform. And I didn't have to move except for the Q&A section. But the dream perspective, so this is where God is, the dream perspective it was this path that I'm walking right now. Okay? Where I had this very perspective then, but in that dream there was nobody here, but just me. But then the dream shifted to the chairs being different, different colors, and all of a sudden the room shifted. It got bigger, there was more chairs and more chairs. So you thought, well, what does that mean? I didn't get it then. But what I'm getting now is that there'll be opportunities for me to speak other places. Larger rooms, some smaller rooms, a lot of people in them. But what I can't be upset about is the fact that when I try to get my kids to come with me today to hear their dad speak, and they just, they're still in the bed sleeping, and I'm, I was frustrated leaving the house. Because those were, there's some people out there that we want to come along with us, to come alongside of us. There's some people out there that we just think we just got to get them to come. If I could just get him to listen to me, if I could just get her to come alongside, if I could just get her or him to hear what I had to say, I would be okay. 
There's some of us out here today that say, my dad never listened to me. He was never around. Some of us don't even know who their dad is. Some of us may or may not even have met their fathers before. Some of us are looking for so, so much validation because as men, we're always taught that, you know, that we gotta be the alpha male in the room. We gotta be that alpha dog. I gotta be the biggest, the baddest. I gotta be the gigantor in the room. And some of us want to be that. Some folks, I can't, I'm not that big guy. I'm never gonna be that. But in the spiritual realm, you're not, we're not as big as we are in the spiritual realm. Some of us are giants in the spirit. Your shadow in the spirit casts miles and miles behind you because of your love for God and the power that you have and your belief in God, your ability to dream in God and believe it. But if we don't start here with what we believe and if they believe in God and believe who God is, we're always going to be the small, little Napoleonic mustard seed. And we'll live off that one scripture for the rest of our life. If I have faith, the size of a mustard seed is, I can move a mountain now. The problem we get caught with that scripture, I'm not, I'm not poking fun of those who believe in the scripture, because that scripture is, is true. Well, there's the end. Those two little words, those two little letters that come together make one word. If. If you don't believe, if you don't have faith, you're not going to believe. The issue I've, I've had with myself and other people the last, as I've been kind of preparing this message and working on my radio show, is that we actually find that we believe that things won't happen more often than we do that things are going to happen. Even when I was just talking to, what's the talking to? You and I were just talking before even, we were just sitting in the corner just kind of prepping and I was saying, you know what? I was so excited about this day coming that when I actually got here, I was like, oh, hold on, Lord, hold on, slow down, slow down. I, I really don't want to do this right now. I really don't want to do this right now. I, I just want to go back in the bed and be like the rest of the kids and, and just sit back and do that. But the dream the Lord has already set in my path before me allowed me to walk this path in advance. He let me see it in advance. I wouldn't be afraid. As we're dreaming at night, it affects what we dream during the day. It affects who we think we are. When we were kids, we didn't think that there were any rules. We were learning, right? When you wanted to be a, let's say it again, wildlife, wildlife biologist, you probably never were afraid of the thought of be bears and lions and tigers out there to come against you. Maybe you didn't have any fear. Because you were a kid, no one told you that you should be afraid of those things. If there's things in our life that we want to do that we're afraid of, as a kid, you see kids jumping off of things, you see kids like Chris Bowers taking his bike and jumping off of rocks, jumping off of mountains, because there's no fear there. But there's some point in our lives, right, where something happens where fear comes in. There's a point in our life where, where we, our kids go from thinking, you know, jumping around, we think everything is cute, and the, the child is jumping off of things, and we're just, we don't really deal with the action. There's a point where all of a sudden we tell the kids, stop it. Don't do that anymore. You start to grow up. Settle down. Behave. Be quiet. Sit down. Have a food and say, shut up. 
right? There's a point in which we, we take that child's dream of wanting to be Superman, that dream of wanting to be a professional whatever, dream of wanting to be a wildlife biologist. There's a, the point of wanting to be whatever they wanted to do. We tell them, no, you can't do that anymore. Don't you want to be like your Uncle Joe? Don't you want to be like your father? Don't you want to be like your brother? Your brother's so tall and handsome. Don't you want to be like your brother? He's the best athlete. He's the best biker or whatever. Don't you want to be like him? Don't you want to be like the, the grandfather or the uncle or whoever the, in your family that you wanted, they wanted you to idolize? Don't you want to be like them? That effectively said to you, to us, that what we wanted to be wasn't good enough. Our dreams were then in, invalidated. Because they were said they weren't worth it. So why dream that? If this is all I was going to be is what I wanted to be, but I can't be that guy because I'm not that guy. I'm not as tall. I'm not as strong. I'm not as fearless as that guy is. So how am I going to be something that I'm not? It changes who we are. Some of us then became those who wanted to bully and intimidate people because I'm not him, but I want to be just like him. I want to be what I think he is or what I see what he is, or what I'm told that I should be like. The whole masculine, I've got to be able to do whatever i got to do, and that's why some of our kids are twisted today, because the millennials are not like some of us, the baby boomer guys back in the day. Well, we were told to just go put some dirt on it, go run around and have a good time. You know, men don't cry. Millennial kids nowadays, we're, we're told different. The enemy has gotten involved, and Oh, no, you can't say that to your kids. You can't spank your kids. You can't do whatever. No, 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 no. It's not good for them. The word says, train up a child in the way he should go when he was older. When he is older, he would not depart from it. Let's go back. What were we trained to do? Some of us didn't like that training. Some of us hated that training. Some of us were hurt and damaged by that training, right? So some of us decided, you know, I'm never going to treat my kid like that again. I'm never going to do that for them, ever. Because the way they treated me was so bad, and I'm not saying that it wasn't. But now you have to look at what did you train your kids to do? What are we training that generation? What are we putting into that bloodline now that's going to be in those children's, children's, children's? When you find that out and you realize that maybe that there is abuse in your, in your bloodline, maybe you find out there is alcoholism in your bloodline, or maybe you find out there is drug abuse in your bloodline, maybe if you find out there is sexual abuse in your bloodline, maybe you find out that there is a host of other things that are in your bloodline, we need to be able to go back into, the, into that dream state and tell the, the devil that I break that off of my bloodline. That curse of sexual abuse is off of my bloodline. That, that, that curse of alcoholism and just manipulation and sexual abuse and wrath and anger and despair and, de and depression, that's, that's broken off my bloodline. So I can go back to the dream that I once had. Because what does the word say? We have to have childlike faith. So we have to get back to the point where I told you to stop it. But what I meant to tell us, because how many parents know 
And what we told our kids, it wasn't our intent. I just got into a long social media rant with a, with a person just a couple of days ago. And, and, and the gentleman actually called me. So though anybody that's happened to have seen that, that's before I hit the rest of the response, we happen to have seen some of that. The gentleman and I did have a conversation about it. And the goal would be came to an understanding and agreement, very nice guy, that the intent that we have to do something is not always translated properly. We have to be able to speak those things. The ear and the mouth is important. Social media is a wonderful platform if used in a way that's positive. Social media right now is allowing our kids to think so much more negative about themselves. They're taking and reinforcing these thoughts of who we are not and putting it in a place where the kids are choosing to say, I can't compete with the other guy. He has six million views, I got six. I'm not worried. Because at home, we as parents aren't telling our kids that we're more than just the social media feed. We're more than the likes, we're more than the followers. Because what we have chosen not to tell our kids is now becoming so loud and so evident that our kids don't understand what they're hearing besides what they're playing in the video games. And it's not, I'm not going to bash the video games. I've got four gamers at the house. But at the same time, I have to now pull myself back and say, right, I'm not going to take away something I gave you. Because God doesn't do that, does he? If God gives us a gift, he doesn't come back and say, you can't have it any longer. But what the Lord does do is I'm going to show you the impact of what I'm giving you and how you're abusing and how you're using what I'm giving you. So when I go back now and tell him, no, stop it, you can't do that, what I meant to say was, you know what? I need you to still give. Okay? Thinking that you can do anything that you want and do all the things that you wanted to do as a kid is exactly what I need you to do. And that's a wonderful thing. But what I needed you to stop doing was making so much noise all the time. I needed you to come on now instead of be a little bit more ready to do life. To take those same dreams now, but I need you to kind of be a little quieter in service. I need you to kind of come alongside. I need you to come on with me and, and, and kind of learn how to do this now. Just, just do your chores now. Instead of asking you, why aren't you dreaming? I'm asking you now, why aren't you doing your chores? Where's your homework? Do you get work done today? Why did you make your bed? Why did you take the trash out? So now my dreams went from, I'm going to have fun, I want to have fun, to, oh, I didn't do my chores, and oh, dad's going to kill me, and oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We have to understand that the same dreams we had I was like, as a child, as yesterday as an adult, as tomorrow as men, it's just as valid. And it's just as on point because they're all from God. Okay? Where am I? I don't even know where I am on my notes now. Good Lord, have mercy to you. Hebrews 11 1. We're going to go in there now. We're going to read it in two different verses. So, those who like the more of the King James, the more old school version, we're going to start there first. Hebrews 11 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. A lot of folks have heard that a lot. They're, you know, growing up, heard that same scripture. Yeah, okay. Okay, no big deal. Amplified Bible version. A little bit more clarity, a little more read on that one. We're going to dig to this. We're going to show you what these, what these words mean. Amplified version. Has a headline here, the triumph of faith. Now, faith is the assurance. Okay? Not just the substance now. The translation that we went into the the authors have gone into the Hebrew here, because this is, this is, this is New Testament, so it would have been the Greek. So when the Greek here, we said, dealt with 
the assurance, faith is now the assurance for the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, or the divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, meaning the conviction of the reality and the faith that understands the facts. Okay, so I've added some extra words. So I'm going to Words and yes, amplify the Bible. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. But the word assurance there, in the Greek, that word means title deed. Chris, give your mic to Eric Thomas for me. Eric, you ready for Title deeds. How many people have either, either own a house right now or have owned a home at some point? Okay, don't keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Is your house paid off? Is your house paid off? Okay, okay. If your house is not paid off, put your hand up. Your house is paid off. You have your title deed. Where's your title? In the safe. In a fireproof safe. Where's your title? In the safe. Two gentlemen, stand up. The rest of you said you own homes. Or owned a home. Oh, who said that? He said, you don't own it. The bank owns that home. Hello. The bank owns that home. You have legal right to be in that home, right? Because you're paying for that. You have a mortgage, you have a rental. Those who are living with someone, you need to rent out a room, somewhere. you got to pay something to be in that spot, have legal right in that spot, in that space, correct? Title D. The reason why I asked these gentlemen where their title was, because the title deed is an important piece of paper. It, it, it outlines, and I had Eric Stamp, he's a real estate agent. I'm sure there's other real estate agents in the world, but I want to pick on him. The title deed is very specific, and Eric, if I'm wrong, you let me know. The title deed is very specific. It, it outlines what the person owns, whether it be longitude, latitudinal lines. It, it's a, from space to space. You have, you own from this space up to this space. So let's use center point as an example. Center point, when they have pay, when they pay off all the property, or the parts that are paid off or not, there's a perimeter where you see the fencing. Lot line, thank you. That title deed explains a lot. It's very specific in what is outlined as to what you have ownership of. And it may have your name on that piece of paper, right? But, Better piece of paper than this one right in the napkin, but I'll work on that in a minute. And I'll give you that napkin on my face. Eric, a title deed. You're a real estate agent. If you, when you sell a home and you don't have clear title, what happens? If you don't have clear title? Yes, if you do not have clear title. Then you owe other people. It's not yours, your home outright. You owe to the bank if there's a lien on the property and that is a mortgage, then you, then you pay the bank. You have the liens on it, the second, the home equity line of credit, you owe that second as well. It just depends on who you're paying. It's not yours, it's not yours outright, is what I'm saying. So, so a title deed, you have a dispute of ownership. Okay, so let's even, as I was doing the research, there's two different topics, two different thoughts between there's a title and there's a deed. Okay? The title actually tells you who owns the property. Okay? Who physically owns it. You physically own that property. You physically own that property. Outright. No one can ever take that from you. Unless you, okay, unfortunately, we have a renter and a Caesar, what is Caesar? So in our Caesaristic lifestyle, you have to pay property taxes. You have to pay property taxes 
on that property. Even though you've already paid it off, you still have a lien, potentially, if you don't pay your property. Someone can say, I'm going to impose a tax, a, a, a say that you didn't pay me what you owe me. Correct? In real estate, average price of a home in this area, let's make it real plain for a point, why title deed is so important. Average home in this price, in this valley right now is going for what? Uh, 425 includes Metro Lemuria. That's $425,000 for those who are not as real estate learning. Okay? So we all have, so those guys who have the title deed to your homes, I'm sure your homes are probably kind of in that ballpark. Would you give me your house for free? I'm asking nicely. <laughs> I'm a nice guy, right? Oh, he has more money to get for it. Okay, so, but you own yours outright. All you got is a piece of paper. And you leave a house on it, right? And you have some property, right? House and property, right? So, if I asked you nicely, 15 times, you wouldn't get me your house. I'm not going to give you anything for it. I'm not going to pay you for it at, at, at all. I mean, seriously. But I want your house. Okay, he said that's a nice one to have. Okay. Faith is the assurance, the title deed of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We just talked about our dreams and it's not to what we want to be in life. That's a faith thing we're going to deal with right now. How many of us have given away our faith, have given away our dreams, given away the things we really wanted for in our life? Somebody exhaled real quick. I think that'd be a little too close to home for some of How many people have believed in something so bad that you knew that you had this one thing coming that you really, really wanted? Well, you know what? That's too hard. I don't want to do that. I can't do that. Faith is the assurance, the title deed of things hoped for or divinely guaranteed and the evidence of things not seen. What I'm trying to get you all to understand here, some of you have got this, I believe. But if we spend our life giving away our faith, giving away the things the Lord's told us to do, giving away our hopes, giving away our dreams, when we've already got the title deed to it. You, you get that? You, you, you get that, right? Faith. The assurance, the title deed for things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, we didn't even, does this scripture talk anything about the cost for that? Is there any money trans? Any money taking hands here? Any transaction? Nothing. Why? From who? How do you pay for it? Oh, somebody say that. Jesus Christ came and died for us. He came down, and Eric, when we were talking, you asked me to find out how many people have actually lived in this world. So we don't get to that in a minute. So Jesus came down to earth in the form of a man to 
do nothing more than live in his well, let's, let's put it this way, put it away. He came to be our ransom, our payment. The word in the Bible is propitiation. And that means the, the appeasing sacrifice. Okay? For us. So we can have this faith. The title deed. So why would we ever give up our title deed? I just asked him 15 times. Can I give me the house? I need the house, man. Because why won't you give me that piece of property in the house? It's just a house. It's just a piece of property. Oh, better speak that you paid for. You guys have skin in the game. Well, what happened to that dream you had yesterday when you were 12? When you wanted to do something? What about that was you really wanted to do that? You really wanted to speak life to people, but you decided not to. What about all the time when you thought that you could be something, but you went, I can't because I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not that. I'm not what other people think I am. Did that scripture do anything with what anybody looked like? Where I was from? What ethnicity I was? How did I look? How long my beard was? If I had hair, no hair or not? Faith deals directly with is the foundation for what our hope is and our relationship to God. It's the foundation. How many people know anything about construction? I know, I know a bunch of room for the guy. I know you guys know construction. Who's done concrete before? Okay, you've done concrete. Concrete guys. Can I just roll out here today and just, you know, go out here in that sort of grassy area and say, you know what, I'm going to build a house. I'll build a 17 story house right down that grass lot. You know, this. You know, the center point, we need some better parking here, right? We need some, but there, we need some more space. So I'll tell you what, I'm in a little parking lot right out there. We'll go out on that grass, and I'm just going to start pouring some concrete and lay down. Can I do that? Why? What is the foundation for? Mm, he says, you're going to build that you need to have something strong underneath you. In this building we're standing on, I'm just standing on this concrete floor, right? Is this part of the foundation? It's just a floor. Oh, say that. This floor that we're sitting on and you guys sitting on, I'm standing on, is a part of the foundation. Also anchors everything well, all around. Anchors the walls. Is this part of the foundation, this platform I'm walking on now? No. But it's standing, it's on the foundation, yes? Okay. We can't see this, the worship center from here, but we know that worship center is a big building. We can look out the window, you can see it standing, right? Can you see its foundation? No. Well, it doesn't have one, right? It doesn't have one, right? It does not have a foundation. Okay, somebody said, yeah, it does. So, so it does have a foundation. Well, how do I know it has a foundation? Okay, so, but, but, but what you're saying to me, though, just by the, just the quick answer, no one seems to question the, the fact that it has a foundation or not. We accept the fact of that foundation being there. You have faith in the fact that that building is there. And it has a foundation. But you don't accept the fact that we need faith in our life as a foundation for everything that we do. The whole different thing. You have faith that these chairs are going to hold you, right? 
But do you have the faith when I call you for a friend and the, 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 the world is coming down around me? I need to have the faith that you're going to be there for me. How many of you don't make that call because you don't have the faith that the Lord is with you? Some people say sometimes, some say all the time. Some of us realize that when there's no one even with us, we, we judge and we grade the fact of who's with us, who's liking us, who's listening, looking at our posts, who's listening to your radio shows, who's commenting on your stuff, who's around you all the time telling you that you're good, as a barrier, as a grade, as a mark, as to who we are. Or does it matter that God is with us? Because the word says what? If God be for us, who could be against us? How often do we find ourselves living in Christ, believing against that description? So often we believe that if no one's with us, I'm all alone. They should have been with me, frustrated. They don't love me. No, they, why aren't they here? They're supposed to have been here listening to me. They're supposed to have been here. The room's supposed to be full. Why is there nobody here? Why, why no one listen to my radio show? Why no one calls me? Why no one texts me? Did you call anyone? Did you text anyone? Did you just drop by and see anyone? We were just here in December. Right? Together as a group. We listened to Chris when he and I sat together on this platform in these two spaces. He was sitting kind of like over here. And I was sitting kind of over here. And he shared his life about the struggles with depression and thoughts of suicide. And to make it plain, the thoughts of depression and suicide in the church. Because Chris is a, he's a leader of the church. And he said he was still struggling with suicide thoughts and ideations. And he still struggles with those things. And this was December. Some other gentleman was sitting over in the corner. He said he just realized for the first time in his life that he had two of the three different signs of depression. And he didn't have any hope. He didn't know where to start it. How many people have, have taken the time to step on a faith to connect with a brother that they knew from that day? Every hand should be up in the room because, and why didn't the rest of us call? If you were here in December, why did you not call? I'm sure some of us have had some struggles in our lives since December. And I'm sure you wanted somebody to be there with you when you had, went through the problem. Did you tell anybody that you were having the problem? Those who you told, were they there for you? Okay. Jewish calendar, year of the what? Scripture says, out of the, the heart speaks. Or, other translations say, flows the issues of life. If you don't open your, your heart doesn't. Let's do that again. Out of a flows the rivers of life. And if we don't speak, the heart doesn't. Okay, Lord, did that wrong? I'm sorry. But you get the point. If we're not speaking up, if we're not speaking life, if we're not activating our faith, what happens? Thank you. You have the title deed. We talked about title deeds. Go back to that real quick. Jesus came, is our sacrifice. To be our title deed. 
Eric, that paper worker sent you a text. Because he asked me, how many people have been in the world at this point? One of the senses, one of the fact-finding people. I said that until last year, this believes there's been over a hundred billion people that have been born as in the form of human beings. And I'm not even giving the whole thing of, you know, we were came from lucky and whatever, whatever. I don't know. Not giving that to them. Because I believe God created everyone, man and woman, in his, in his image. And I don't believe my God's one. Okay. I don't believe my God is a caveman. I don't think God even, let me just experiment on some humans and try to figure out. What that may or may not have been in that day and age is a, is a topic for a different conversation. It's a, that's a topic for a different message because there's, there's certain things in the Bible that talks about there are giants in the land. Okay, well, we're not dealing with that today. The average cost of a human being, we talk about a house cost being 425000 Over the course of your life, you probably would have made more than $425,000 from birth to death. Unless you were one of the nine people on that air, on the helicopter last week. Only one of them made more than that. The 13-year-old girls didn't have a job. But their lives were worth more, I'm sure, than $425,000. I can't even imagine what the cost of a human life would have been. But for Jesus to have come down to this earth and die for each one of us that are already, had already come before him, right? And the ones that are yet to come on the way, because we don't even know how many people are going to be on the earth or have been born by the time Jesus comes to take us away. Some of us do. Well, Revelation says, well, yeah, I, I get it. Revelation says that time that of the vision, there were 144,000 people, but that represented the 12 tribes of Israel, and that represented 12,000 men from each of the 12 tribes. But it also gave us another thought. It said that there was also a number that was too numerous to count. If you don't believe the word, read it. I've given you scriptures that we can read it together, we can go back, we can have these dialogues, because it doesn't make sense to have these times when men come and share their stories and, and listen to Pastor John and other speakers come if you're not taking the time Go back and read for yourself. Okay? We're going to finish up, Chris. We're almost done. The title D. Then the cost. So points today. Because I need the dreamers to wake up. I need the dreamers to wake up. I need the dreamers to wake up. We need to dream, okay? But those who are taking notes, the whole thought of dreaming big is what dream is. It's a, the Lord gave me an acronym. I asked the Lord genuinely, said, Lord, let me know what a dream means. What should it mean to me? The D is to demand. I mean, we need to place a demand on the spirit. I mean, we need to have a requirement. So, Lord, I need to do X, Y, or Z right now. I need to do this or that with my life. I need to do, I need you to be able to do something. I need you to tell me what I need to do. I need to show me, need you to show me what I need to say. Speak for me, God. Stand in my body and use my lips and speak for me. Whatever it is that demand is that you want, and it's not just, oh Lord, I need to pay my rent this week. But if that's it, if that's your first demand, then, then make it. Genuinely. Listen and then get up off yourself and do something about it. Oh, reach. You need to reach for that blessing. You need to reach towards whatever that thing is that you ask the Lord for and believe that you're going to take possession of it. You have to have faith because those of you who are doing these extreme sports and you reach out, like you put this rail in here. If I was going to go over to the rail, I was going to go use the example, Lord. Thank you, God. I'm going to believe it. If I'm going to reach for this rail and get up on the step, I believe this rail is here. Right? 
helping us actually see in our mind what we are asking the Lord for. Do you see what you want the Lord to give you? If you see it in here, then you need to reach for it and actually believe that it's going to be there. The E is expect. So as we reach, we would have to expect that what we're asking the Lord to do will actually happen. The A is to accept. Not the E as a except means an exception for or omission for or looking over. Accept means you're going to bring it into your life, bring it onto your side, bring it into what you're doing. You're going to agree with it. Accept that God loves you. I struggle with this part. Accept that God loves you. So much that he wants more for you than just to wake you up in the morning. He wants to wake you up in the spiritual realm as well as the natural. God didn't just put us here to make money. He didn't put us here just to have stuff. He put us here to do stuff for the kingdom. Yeah, we have to mean it. You have to have faith. You have to believe in what Jesus And the Lord told me, I can give you this. He says, you can dream, you can demand, reach, accept, expect, accept, and mean it because I'm God. Hey everyone, my name is Eric Tomlinson with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate, where we design the sale of your home around you. With our nationwide network of agents, you and your family are at the center of every decision, conversation, and step of the journey to your next home. From hello to congratulations, selling your home with the Tomlinson Group at Rancon Real Estate is designed to both learn and surpass your expectations. Call me today at 951-970-6727 so we at the Tomlinson Group can begin surpassing your expectations today. We want to work for you. How do you avoid pitfalls that will disrupt your life? My office is very good with helping families protecting assets, building wealth, college flexible plans, tax-free retirement, and so much more. I am John Treese Wells with Royal Financial Group, licensed to help million-dollar families, businesses, and everyone in between. You can contact me at 951-757-4202. Or email me at jw.nofamilyleftbehind at gmail.com. I'm about your family. You're listening to The Raising Men Show with your host, my dad, Craig Carlo, on WKVY 1080 AM. And welcome back to The Raising Men Show. Man, I tell you, I hope that you were able to really catch that. And this... The, the thing I, I find really, really interesting about the whole time that I had at, at Centerpoint, again, I, I thank the men there for inviting me and Chris Bowers and the, te- and the team there. And I think that the thing that really stuck out is how the Lord moved and, and just gave me the acronym. I know I was doing sound one night at Elijah Revolution and I was sitting in the back and I was preparing for this message. I knew this opportunity had already come and the invitation had already been extended for me to come. And I was like, God, how are we? dealing with this. And, and Chris had said, you know, I really wanted you to deal with the topic of dreaming big because I believe in this season. That's, that's, what, that's what you're supposed to do. And, you know, and he was very spot on with it, with that word he had given me. And as I was sitting in the, in the sound booth um, with the conference doing the sound for that time and 
It's like, God, I mean, I need, I need, a, I need an acronym for the word dream. I, I need something. I need, I need something tangible because, because man, I know we're, 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 we're simple. We're basically, we're very compartmentalized and, you know, Jim and Pam Farrell, they, they, in their book, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. We, we, they teach a lot that, that we are compartmentalized in what we're doing. We go from task to task to task. And, and, and even in the writing classes at the, at the Southern California Christian Writers Conference, it, they, they teach us when we're writing for men that we're supposed to be able to write simple, basic, something that's easily achievable, use acronyms and to make it something that men can take away and have and remember. So when the Lord gave me the acronym, I was just sitting there, I was like, demand, you know, it's placing a demand on the spirit. And now somebody asked me, what does that mean? And I, I know I know you just heard it as we, at the end of the message, but in case the audio just didn't cut through the way I wanted it to, and then the back part got cut off, and I'll I'll share that piece at the end of, of this broadcast. But I just needed to make sure everybody was clear what the what dream meant. And placing a demand on the spirit means that you have to to ask God for something genuine. It's like, Lord, I know you have something for me. That I know there's something really there that's a that's governing my life, that's driving me towards you, calling me closer to you. And, and and the R, the reach. I, I need to reach out for that blessing, for that for that thing that you're doing. And I need to take possession of it. I need to step in and walk in that blessing. I need to expect it also. I need to expect that what I'm asking for, what God, you've revealed it to me, is going to happen. And we've got to expect that God not only will meet us there, but he'll lead us to where he is. It's, it's even part of that that Henry Blackaby study experiencing God. This is this is what this is. It's all about the experiences that we have with God and expecting that He's going to be right there with us every step of the way, in front of us, on our way to Him, behind us, on the way from wherever He brought us from. <clears throat> we have to accept. We have to accept that God loves us so much that He wants more for us. He wants to do more for us than just to wake us up in the morning. He wants to wake us up not just in the natural realm, but in the spiritual realm so we can be in communion with him, awake and sleep. And lastly, we have to mean it. That M, we have to be sincere and have faith and believe that what we're asking for is achievable, that's receivable, and we can't doubt. And I remember at the end of the time when the Lord gave me that, an acronym, those those points, I remember storing in my spirit, I remember saying, now you can dream because I'm God. I was like, whoa, wait a minute, God, hold on, hold on, because I'm God, that's B-I-G, that means I can dream big, that mean, that's what that means, because I can dream now because I'm God, so I, I, I'm just so overwhelmed by just the opportunity to really to really put the whole thing together again at the end. And that's, I know some of you heard it and just reworded it, but I just need to make sure that we all really understood what we were talking about. I didn't want there to be any issues with clarity there. God wants us to dream big. He wants us to dream. He wants us to be fulfilled in Him. He wants us to be full of Him. He, we, he wants us to be able to see him and on those days when we really don't think that we have that or we even want that or even don't even understand how that's even conceivable the, the lord had given me this poem that at the end of that message 
the Lord had just led to say, here, just read this. Just read this for the men because there's there's men out there that, that have those days when we just don't feel ourselves. Those days when we just don't feel like being a part of anything or that we're what we're a part of doesn't make any sense. So this poem the Lord gave me is something that I hope touches someone to actually give you that extra drive. I know it gave me that drive. So Lord, I thank you for this day and thank you for all of you listening to the Raising Men Show. Where we're here every Tuesday right here at WKBY 1080 AM out of Chatham, Virginia. Lord, we thank you for just this opportunity. On a day like today, a day like any other day, I feel some kind of way. A way that makes it tough to say anything. I just want to cover up. Stay inside with the covers up. In the dark of the day with my covers up. Away from others so I can keep my covers up. How do I make it? How do I take it? How in the world do I shake it? Breathe. My exhale is waiting. My exhale is shaking because I might just awaken dreaming. Casting cares over to you. Believe my dreams will come true. Listen and respond quickly to you. I made it. Life after death. Yes. Choose right and confess. Yes. Live life best right now. Yes. Yes. That's how I make it. That's how I take it. That's how I take it. That's how I made it through. Breathe in new life. And you can too. WKBY 1080 AM. We keep blessing you. You've been listening to the Raising Men Show with your host, Craig Carlisle, right here on WKBY 1080 AM out of Channel, Virginia. If you missed an episode, you can always catch us on theraisingmenshow.com. That's theraisingmenshow.com.